Welcome to Homemaker Chic, where we are rescuing the art of homemaking from the daily grind in fabulous shiny red lipstick. Mm-hmm. No jumpers, <laughs> some aprons, some sturdy shoeing. <laughs> I am your host, Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl, and I am joined by my girlfriend, Shay Elliott, 2,000 miles away of the Elliott Homestead. Hi, Shay. Hello, my dear. And a happiest of birthdays to you. Why, thank you. How old are you? So 33, much. 34? 35. Oh, 35. What a beautiful number. It is. <laughs> it is such a good number. Seems to stick around. Seems to stick around. Well, I'm thankful that you gave a little bit of your birthday time today. I know you'd probably be rather be out in the garden or antiquing or drinking lattes or probably anything other than sitting at your computer. Well, I just finished my latte and I have a full day of gardening planned. And then when Aiden gets off work, I told... I said, the one thing I want to do today is go visit someone else's garden. Oh, (laughs) like it will only take a few minutes. I just want to walk you through it and show it to farm like 20 minutes away. And it's very inspiring. Like it's so inspiring that while you're there, while I'm there, I just want to turn around and come home and garden. Okay, got it. Yeah. Ready to go. Oh, that's so (laughs) fun. Yeah. I love that. So we're going to have some fun. Uh, Listeners, if you'd like to have some fun with us, what you should do is join us over on patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast because that is where you can show some love shay and i show you love if you haven't before here's what you do you just pick what level you want to be a part of things at and we have digital downloads of our cookbooks we have chore charts and hit lists which is where we uh write down all the stuff as homemakers that we've been procrastinating on and we print it up and we just Mm. knock it out so that we can move forward or so stare at it for a while. Or just stare at it and cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point of the pit list is so you don't get in that position. But join us over there because next Friday at the end of the month, we're going to have our fangirl hangout. So you'll see um, that you can be a part of that. And that's super fun. We do that once a month with all our girlfriends and a glass of wine. And we're all on the screen at the same time. And it's a hoot. In the spirit of better, not more, we... Uh, are encouraging our fellow homemakers, that's you girls, to buy less, uh, but buy better. And this is something that Shay and I have really been wrapping our heads around the last couple of years, even before we started the podcast. And we're making these intentional movements for the sake of our home environment. And it's in that spirit that we have carefully selected our advertisers, one of which is American Blossom Linens. You know how much we love them. The American Blossom Linens is the bedding that both Shay and I sleep on. So do so many of you. Did I tell you this? That Juliet got her sheets. Mm. She feels like such a big girl. And now Anais is just chomping at the bit. (laughs) But these sheets are like modern vintage. They are uh, made from Texas grown cotton. There are no dyes. They're not imported. So they're not, you know, coming on a cargo ship from India or China. No imported fabrics here. American Blossom Linen sheets are woven to last a lifetime. They put the fibers through a process called combing that pulls out all the short fibers and impurities. And what you are left with is sheer comfort. So visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use the code HomemakerChic20 to get 20% off your sheets just for listening to the show. Mm-hmm. You know, I cleaned my girls' room yesterday. I know I talk about this a lot, but it's an ongoing 
war <laughs> in our home. And I had originally written it off like I'm not going to even look at it until fall. I'm not going to waste right. my gardening season cleaning apple cores out from under your bed. But I, I did it and I changed their sheets and I opened the window and I put the diffuser on and I vacuumed mm-hmm. up all the cat food and it looked so beautiful. <laughs> and the girls got into bed that night and they were like, oh, this like because I had put their American Blossom linens on. Mm-hmm. And they both just felt so good. Georgia slept in her bed, like under her blanket for the first time in a long time. Instead of on top of it. Exactly. And then I just walked by this morning um, and it was destroyed. Just destroyed. I'm like, I'm taking these sheets back. You guys, you can sleep on the floor like the animals you are. <laughs> the kids' bedrooms are totally just as a mother, just a strange exercise in futility. It's like you have to do it. Yeah. For their sake, so they can have that feeling. Yeah. That my house is clean. There's the windows open. The breeze is blowing. There's lavender yeah. on my nightstand feeling. Like you have to <laughs> uh, train them to know and appreciate that feeling. But dang it, anyways, when you walk by 42 minutes later, mm-hmm. and what's with the apple cores? Mm-hmm. I don't it's know. It's just a, well, it's a thing. I they're, think they're just there. They function a lot like us and that when their space is clean, they're like, okay, now I want to be creative. You know, yeah. now I'm feeling good. I want to put my new clothes on. I want to, right. I want to sit and read these 87 books I'm going to pull off the shelf. You know, they just, they get inspired <laughs> to live in that space. And, uh, yeah, you know, I do love that. I love watching that happen. Even with my boys, they're like, then it's the Lego table and mm-hmm. they, they do, they get all those domestic pride of environment feelings. Oh yeah. And you know, that's our job is to help them develop that. But, mm-hmm. but it is difficult when you'd rather be gardening mm-hmm. for sure. Yes, it is. Or cheese. Shay, making. Do you want to read our love I do. comment? And okay. I will read our love comment. And this is going to actually be our last love comment. We are going to roll out something different and fun in future episodes. Um, frankly, because we don't want to have to go through and read all the bad comments that get left as well. By the way, I'm going to say it, Angela. Oh, boy. I'm going to say it. Some, okay. Somebody alluded to the fact that um, she liked me in the epi- the one episode where I wasn't drunk, which is quite, quite <laughs> ironically. Ironically. <laughs> um, ladies, we I know we joke about having wine here, but we are so busy talking that we generally sip about a half a glass if we're not drinking coffee. So... Rest assured, this is just my horrible, actual, real personality coming out. So take that one for what it's worth. (laughs) No, but uh, in all seriousness, you know, we we talk all the time about better, not more. We talk about creating environments and space and, um, you know, keeping a level head on and, and keeping to the point where we can serve our family. And that just means less screen time for me. Yes. Um, Well, it's it is really I mean, I don't know about you, but I. I can't read my YouTube comments. No, it's just with social Instagram media messages. Mm. It's just way too hard. So we want to keep doing what we're doing yes. and we want to keep improving the podcast. And our time, you know, as we intimated in the last episode is very limited. We're work at home moms. So we got to really yep. hone in yeah. on where we're going to spend it and scrolling. It actually <laughs> takes a long time. Not that the comments are bad, but it takes a long time just to find that right love comment that Mm -hmm. would resonate with people and encourage other people. And it's taking too much time, Mm -hmm. actually. 
Yes. So, yes. So, so we're going to do something else fun that edifies the podcast and brings you guys uh, something that will help you, too. Yes. Because the love comment, like, yes. I don't know. Well, we originally wanted to be like we originally started it so that we could get people to to leave us reviews because that's how people discover the podcast. And that's right. been really great. And we seriously do appreciate like everybody who's actually figured out how to leave a good review on Apple, which is kind <laughs> thank of complicated. You for trying. <laughs> right. Um, and so many kind words, so many kind words. And we really, really do appreciate it. But, you know, this podcast isn't just for us to be in an echo chamber. It's to. Right. help you. And so we're going to bring you something that does that just a little, a little nugget of something, which is going to be. Yeah. Really fun. Well, they were just feeling a little horn tootie and I want it to just be beneficial for our listeners. So. Mm-hmm. So on that note, on that note, muffin madas, mandas, <laughs> go mandas. It's the last okay. comment. <laughs> I've been binging your podcast for the last week and I'm just caught up. The attitude of better, not more has become something that I've really started to take to heart. For instance, I went to Target tonight for a microwave after buying two used ones and having them both die within a year. I decided to buy a new one and spend a little more for a better model. I also resisted the urge to pick up some fast fashion pieces because I'd been feeling bored with my wardrobe. Thanks for sharing this message so often in your podcasts. I want to make a sign to hang it in my house with that saying on it right now. I love that. It completely resonated with me. That is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I think anytime you can resist the demon of Target clothing, give yourself a huge pat on the back. Yes. Because it's just there beckoning you like, hey, I'm colorful and I'm new, sort of fresh and new (laughs) and you need me. I'm only Mm $24.99. Yep. You know, we we kind of joked about that in the past episode about how um, it, it is a retraining of your mind and it's hard. So if anyone's keeping tabs, I'm still waiting. It's going to be my new fall wardrobe at this point, which is <laughs> I'm having to to retrain like this is what it takes. Yeah. You know, And I think about back in the day, OK, you want purple silk imported, you know, from somewhere in China where they're making it from the silkworms like you would have had to wait six months for it to come. You know, right. I'm talking about way back in the day before making made in China was what it is now. But yeah, you know, you had to learn to be patient to um, to really sit with things. And and the result of that is often so much better than the instant gratification. It is a retraining. And then darned if like you got to go through your whole family and retrain them. I mean, I'm just trying to like put out the breadcrumbs and like, you know, I don't want to be like dogmatic or or whatever about it. But like I I do want my husband to join me in this mindset. Yeah. It's a big deal, mm-hmm. but that's, it's not like he's opposed to it. I just don't think he mm-hmm. craves it mm-hmm. like I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's going to be, yeah. be good. Interesting. Good. So I think it was sort of interesting uh, watching the transition happen when Stu and I started and you know, when it, when it all kind of came to pass was when we moved to this farm and mm-hmm. we didn't have the knowledge to know better, not more. And, terms of farm life. And so we did everything as fast as we could, as cheap as we could to get structure up. And, and, you know, maybe there's a place for that, but yes, but what that has meant is we're having to go back and redo all those things over again and do it better with higher quality things. And so it's really doubled the work for us. So he's all like, Hey, let's put the brakes on until we can actually drive and get the real lumber we want for this, not the scrap lumber that, you know, you think we can make this work with. (laughs) And that's been good. Yeah. 
I mean, I do think, like you said, there's a time and a place, especially when you're launching a farm. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal. You know, if there's Mm -hmm. animals that need X, Y, Z right now, you just kind of got to like me, go behind the barn and find the scrap lumber. But yeah, yeah, you do. You find yourself circling around and redoing it. It's redoing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a a pretty big. uh, It can be a really big paradigm shift. And I think it's really important to just compartmentalize. Okay, I'm going to address this uh, within my wardrobe. Yes. For this six months or whatever. And now I'm going to address this. Um, maybe it's with with stuff like not buying cheap dairy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing at a time or whatever. Yeah. Really bad, flavorless, hormone full of hormone cheese or whatever. You know, like just take a pocket at a time because otherwise it can be really, really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to get discouraged. And then you end up buying a twenty four ninety nine blouse from from Target. So um, mm-hmm. while we're keeping things lighthearted because we don't want to get discouraged I think we should cue the cue wine the music. wine music Mr. Elliot I always have to mark it where he can do it that way he knows time to start the wine music I am um, really excited to get into our topic today I think it's the perfect topic to pour a glass to wouldn't you say because we're going to be talking about what we wish we would have known <laughs> Yeah, this is a big chewy. This is it a chewy, is. One. chewy conversation. I hope you have a wine to match the level of conversation. I do. I have this out for this evening. So I have an Eric Chevalier Val de Loire. So that's Loire Valley in France, 2018 Chardonnay. Now I will confess I have not tried this yet, uh, and I'm I have some anticipation because I'm not a Chardonnay person. So I'm really. Mm-hmm. Have you tried this one? Show me the label. Okay, it's got like if a would, orange silhouette of a tree on it. Not that I recall. Not that I recall. Okay. So Eric Chevalier, he's taken over the family farm, and uh, his Chardonnay grapes are only on three hectares. Wow, which is very small. The vines are like ten to fifteen years old, and I'm interested to try this one because I was reading about the soil, and it's. Um, noted online to have very like minerally taste and I like that yeah like the way I like Pellegrino because it has that mineral grit Mm -hmm. taste so I'm really looking forward to this they say it's got a really mineral aroma like fresh rain on rocky shores of a mountain river that's and I'm seriously oh and a river (laughs) runs through it girlfriend (laughs) like I'm (laughs) excited I'm really excited for that. So this segment is brought to you by Dry Farm Wines. Dry Farm Wines is an online wine subscription that pairs organic, biodynamic, naturally yeasted. So that means no GMO yeast added to your wine. Low sugar. So you don't get that pudgy wine belly. Hello. (laughs) Lower alcohol wines, which means you're not drunk while you're recording your podcast. No, you are not. all over the world. (laughs) No, you are not. So you should check them out. Uh, You can do a three, a six, or a 12 bottle description. Description. Subscription. (laughs) My bottle is closed. It is not open. Um, (laughs) I do the 12 because I I do like wine. Mm -hmm. That gives me a little over two bottles a week. Um, I would do more if I could. Quite frankly, <laughs> I'm gonna need to add the bubbly to mine. I do. I have. The, I got my mm-hmm. bubbly yesterday, and uh, this time of year, well, any time of year really, because it feels celebratory and lighthearted in the winter time, and it feels very refreshing and yummy in the summertime. So, yes. And as a homemaker, hostess, you know, we've talked about hospitality in the past, which we need to talk about some more in the future. Okay. Some more hospitality conversations. Okay. Um, it's always 
appropriate to have a bottle of champagne chilled. Yes. Because you never know when you're going to need one. That is true. Mm-hmm. So visit dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic. Yep. Homemaker chic. Or Just homemaker, homemaker chic. chic. Just homemaker chic. Yep. That's why it takes two it of try. us. It takes two of us to run this podcast. <laughs> yes, it does. And then some. <laughs> oh, what we wish we would have known. What we wish we would have known. Mm. We did a episode in season one about mistakes that we'd made. Um, that was awesome. That was fails. You guys got to <laughs> oh, go back fails, and listen that's to right. the fail yeah. episode. Yeah. And when we did our fangirl call uh, last month, they said, please do another fails episode. Um, <laughs> which well, there are plenty to choose from. But plenty. we thought maybe a more creative way to go about it would be, you know, things that we wish we would have known going into this homemaking lifestyle. Because... Mm-hmm. You know, we're in a unique position, I think, in, in that we both had really great examples of homemakers to look up to. Yes. So, so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both of our moms, my mom is, I mean, I joke, she's she is the matriarch. So I live here in this town. My sisters live here. Their families live here. My parents live here. So we all are here all the time. And so even though each of us, you know, daughters run our own household, Mom is still the matriarch, you know, she's mm-hmm. the one who like draws the final line on the Thanksgiving menu. <laughs> and I have to confess, like, I want to be that. Yeah. I don't want my kids to leave. I bought the property <laughs> next door so they could all build houses on it. Yes. Like, I won't control your life. Just don't leave me. Please just stay And close. I get to pick the menu. <laughs> is, is that too much to ask? You know, it's um, I find myself still so encouraged by it and so thankful mm. for it because mm-hmm. Frankly, you get tired of calling all the shots in your own home. Like I get fatigued. I'm like, mom, just take care of me, please. Like, just tell me, just feed me. Just like, let me come into your home, you know, and she does. She's amazing. Um, But she was, I mean, such a great example. And Mm -hmm. yet still, you still go in not fully aware of what you're actually going into. Right. Because... Homemaking is underrated. It's underappreciated. It's Mm -hmm. constant. Um, There's no accolades. There's no pay raises. There's no, um, I I don't want to say acknowledgement because, you know, families do a good job of acknowledging, but it's not like in the corporate world. There's no quarter. There's no quarterly review. There's no plaque on the wall. Yeah. There's no incentive program. And and there's no even encouragement from society. There's no like, oh, you're a homemaker. That's. That's amazing. Well, that's why we're here. And that's why we're here. (laughs) So all you homemakers, you're amazing. Yes, you are amazing. And let's Mm -hmm. let's do that Chesterton quote. Okay, because I think it's a great place to start. Okay. Uh, So Chesterton says um, this is kind of smushed into a lot of other very interesting things that he says concerning this but he says a woman must be a cook but not a competitive cook a school mistress but not a competitive school mistress a house decorator but not a competitive house decorator sure you want me to do this (laughs) a dressmaker but not a competitive dressmaker she should have not one trade but 20 hobbies she unlike the man may develop all her second bests this is what has been really aimed at from the first in what is called the seclusion or even the oppression of women. Women were not kept at home in order to keep them narrow. On the contrary, they were kept at home in order to keep them broad. 
The world outside the home was one mass of narrowness, a maze of cramped paths, a madhouse of monomaniacs. It was only by partially limiting and protecting the woman that she was enabled to play at five or six professions and so come almost as near to God as the child when he plays at a hundred trades. I love this quote. I know not everybody is going to agree with Chesterton or with this quote, but what I want to take from this is the homemaker being okay. And I'm again, speaking to myself here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I wasn't prepared coming into this. What I wish I would have known is that I'm going to be a B level amateur at everything for my life. And I know that sounds defeatist and, you know, self-deprecating. And that's not how I mean it at all. But like this quote, we don't just have we're not a brain surgeon. A brain surgeon specializes at one thing, which is brain Mm -hmm. surgery. And I think that sort of that narrowness that he's talking about in this quote, because in order for the brain surgeon to be good, he has to be narrow. His field has Mm -hmm. to be so narrow that he can be an expert at it. That's not the way being a homemaker works. Because even if you do work in the corporate world and you come home as a homemaker, you're still cooking, you're still cleaning, you're still taking care of little children or other members of your community. You know, maybe you're taking care of a spouse or or elderly parents or you're making meals for a neighbor who's had a baby. You know, there's a thousand Mm -hmm. ways in which this manifests. And I want just my personality. I think this is yours too. I want to excel. I want to be amazing. I want to be a French pastry chef and mm-hmm. uh, I want to make the world's most amazing cheese. And I want to be the world's greatest homeschool mom. And I am, st- I still have to fight that urge all the time and just tell myself you're not meant to be because in order to be the world's best cheesemaker, all you're going to do is make cheese. They're not actually the ones out there milking the cow and tending to the pasture that the cow graces and mending the fence that the cow broke through. And, you know, all they're doing is making the cheese. And the homemaker sort of has to come to terms with amateur status and not feel like that's a failing. Yeah. I wish I would have known that. (laughs) Wish I would have known that. Yeah. Uh, I... I love this quote. I can see, you know, portions of it, why they by why portions of it could be offensive. But I would read it over and over again and put it, you know, in the context even of what we're talking about. I love what he's saying here, because had I known that from the beginning, uh, first of all, I would have started earlier. What I would what I, what I wish I would have done is started earlier on developing all all the little mini trades that I do within my house. Uh, I wasn't, I got married very young and I just wasn't there. I didn't know how to cook. I didn't really want to know how to cook. I didn't really care about taking pride in my laundry. I didn't see, I did decorate some. That's about what I did. And then I finally got into gardening. And then I went to France and fell in love with food. And then, then it was kind of like this just cascade. And then I was busy um, by the time I was 30 playing catch up like really trying to catch up on all these skills and and get really good at them. But there is, I think there, I love the amateur status. You know how I feel about that. I think there's, it's something to really be celebrated. And as homemakers, we really like, 
this is a privilege where the brain surgeon, you know, we're using that example, uh, has to focus and study for decades and 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 hone in on that and maybe not have time for extracurricular hobbies or not him to have time to expand his or her um, repertoire. We get to do it all. And I think by just taking the pressure off that, you know what, I might not be a fabulous cook, but I can make a meal and I can uh, serve other people when they come into my home. And I might not be a great decorator, but my house has a fresh lace of flowers and it's comforting to people, to my family. There are so many celebrations to be crammed into the amateur status, all the things that we get to be amateurs at. And I think it's a mindset where um, is if we're taking pride in it, then we are professionals within our we're professionals within our sphere of influence within our four walls. Right. Do you know how your children feel about your cooking? Yes. You know, do you know how your your husband feels about having a tidy home like that is a source of comfort to him? We this is our world. Mm-hmm. So we're not in the world of, uh, you know, hospital staff and saving lives like this is our our world. And so we are the professional and to the world. We are the amateur and we can just keep adding. We can just keep adding to our repertoire. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn to make a French pastry, if you want to get really good at one, then you get to do that. And you have the time you're afforded. Mm, I think what I'm trying to say is we're afforded this luxury. This is, it a, is luxury. a luxury. It is a it luxury. Is. I get to mm-hmm. do a lot. I get to live a hundred lives crammed into one. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. I I think... Once you come to terms that you're going to quote and be careful, like mm-hmm. hear what yeah. I'm saying here. Um, OK, you're quote, not realizing your full potential as the world would see it. So, for mm-hmm. example, Angela, the decorator, mm-hmm. Angela, the decorator is just as talented as Kathy Ireland. You know, Angela, mm-hmm. the decorator could be decorating estates in France and, you know, throwing amazing getaways on, you know, (laughs) on the Mediterranean Mm -hmm. where she teaches people about color palettes and, you know, antiques and whatnot. Um, But just because you're not doing that and quote, not realizing your full potential as a decorator, certainly it doesn't mean that you're not reaching your full potential as a person. Right. Because I think within the walls of our home, that's our goal. Our goal is to reach our full potential. But it is as it is as a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. That's and that's just it. Yeah. You know, but I think like you you always gosh, I've hit my mic like three times. I don't know what's (laughs) that's usually me. I usually wallop mine. So (laughs) whack it. Um You've talked about this before a lot on the podcast about there not being an end. There's not mm-hmm. like a, okay, now I've arrived. <laughs> now right. there's no finish line with this work. You know, I even my right. mom, like we've been moved out of her house for a very long time. And yet she's still doing exactly what she did before. She's still cooking. She's still cleaning. She's still caring for her family. Now she has her grandchildren and, you know, she still has mm-hmm. her husband and, like she's still doing all the the matriarch things. She's still a jack of all trades and she's been a career woman. So she is, mm-hmm. has reached her, her full professional potential as a dental hygienist. And yet at home, she's a jack of all trades. 
She bakes bread. Right. She gardens. She, you know, throws birthday parties. She entertains. You know, she does all this stuff. Um, but I think that can be a hard thing to come to terms with, especially if you are a career homemaker, because mm-hmm. you're striving, 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 pushing, 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 wanting to be the best in your field. And then you come back to the house and you're like, okay, but now I'm cleaning apple cores out from under beds and this is my full potential. Right. <laughs> that's tricky. It is tricky. And that's where, you know, we having a servant's heart, like a part of the homemaker's heart is to serve and care for others and not saying, and this is, this is like really, this can get really dicey for a lot of women, not saying that that's what you deserve to pick up apple cores. Cause that is kind of frustrating. It's when we're training our children to not eat in their bedrooms and then mom gets stuck cleaning up the apple cores. But I think just uh, adopting this is all part of the job description. Part of the job description is that I uh, do a lot of things and I don't get or have or want to do them all really well. I get to be an amateur. Part of the job description is also that my work is very repetitive. Mm hmm. Part of the job description is that I will not arrive. And those all those things can sound really negative. And that's where the paradigm shift comes in mm-hmm. and the keeping a good attitude, a servant's heart. Um, it's really important to remember that you're not going to arrive. And I think that that struggle and I could be wrong, but I'm a working mom. So I think that's that being a working mom like exacerbates that struggle. Mm-hmm. Because in the career, there are goals, there are milestones, there are markers. And then you turn around and you're like, wait, another load of dirty laundry. Won't I ever get a laundry system in place that's <laughs> going to work for me? You know, won't I ever finally just nail the menu and there will always be food and no one will ever be asking what's for dinner because it's planned and they know, you know, there's a whole uh, a whole aspect of giving yourself grace and just i really having the fortitude to to be in it for the long haul. When I started doTERRA with you, I had some pretty big bumps right at the beginning. And you said, are you in this for the long haul? And I was like, well, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And once I decided I was in it for the long haul, then those bumps didn't matter because they'd all be history very soon. Mm-hmm. And. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do this next Chesterton quote. This is a different okay. part of the same article, which is the emancipation of domesticity. If anyone wants to look it up, it's really interesting. Um, When people begin to talk about this domestic duty as not merely difficult, but trivial and dreary, I simply Mm. give up the question for I cannot with the utmost energy of imagination conceive what they mean. When domesticity, Mm. for instance, is called drudgery, all the difficulty arises from a double meaning in the word. If drudgery only means dreadfully hard work, I admit the woman drudges in the home as a man might drudge at his work. But if it means that the hard work is more heavy because it is trifling, colorless, and of small import to the soul, then, as I say, I give it up. I do not know what the words mean. I cannot understand how this might exhaust the mind, but I cannot I can understand how this might exhaust the mind, but I cannot imagine how it could narrow it. How can it be a large career to tell other people's children arithmetic and a small career to tell one's own children about the universe? How can it be broad to be the same thing to everyone and narrow to be everything to someone? 
No. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> no, a woman's function is laborious, but because it is gigantic, not because it is minute. I will pity Mrs. Mm. Jones for the hugeness of her task. I will never pity her for its smallness. <sighs> Those last three sentences. I know. Baller. I know. Uh yeah. Stu always used to tell me you have to be careful when you're arguing who's defining the terms. And I love that yeah. he takes the time here to say, OK, we're talking about drudgery. But how are we defining that term? Drudgery mm-hmm. in the terms of laboriously hard work. Uh, yeah, that's true. Her work is drudgery mm-hmm. in that sense, but not in the sense that it's small. And I think it's true. Our culture will look at somebody, let's say, like a teacher, somebody who's teaching, you know, uh, geometry. I was going to say geography. Mm -hmm. Let's say somebody who's teaching geometry to 10th graders. Okay. And that's amazing. And you've got this career. Okay. And now you're this and now you're this and you were the teacher of this. And wow, that's a lot of hard work. And yet the homeschooling mom who's teaching her children geometry, it's kind of like, oh, that's a bit old fashioned. Don't you think, you know, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, You could probably do something better with your life, you probably could have gone out and done something amazing. Um, and I love that he speaks to that because you don't, you're not just teaching your kids about geometry. You're teaching your kids about the universe. And even if you don't have children, everybody you interact with, your neighbors, your church family, your friends, whoever it is, um, the way that you exist in the world is is a reflection of what you think to be true about the universe and what you mm-hmm. think to be true about yourself and your community. So oh, I just love this quote for so uh, it sheds such a perspective. And I think mm-hmm. I just like you, I got married young. I had kids young. I think I was 24 when Georgia was born and we'd been married for two years at that point. Um. I just wasn't mentally prepared for that because you, you know, I came off of college and it was like, you're going to, you're going to accomplish something. You're going to get a good professional career. You know, you're going to go and teach or you're going to go and do something amazing um, because that's what you paid for. (laughs) Right. And uh, coming to terms with, I could also just be the universe to somebody. And that's no Mm -hmm. small thing, but it is a mental shift. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the takeaway from that, like if we're talking about what we wish we would have known is to just let go of the pressure of um, being great at one thing and really change our mindset. Like we're changing our mindset with better, not more, change our mindset to look at it and embrace the luxury of of being able to get to dabble in so many different things. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a big deal. Nobody really talks about that. I mean, yeah, it's a really big deal. I want to put a footnote on that because Mm -hmm. there was a point in our um, life where we had this van that we, you guys have might remember me talking about the van. It was given to us by a, a very kind family. We had one car and I was having to get up and get the two little kids up, um, to drive Stuart into work every day because I would need the car throughout the day. And uh, it was, you know, it was difficult. So they had, they were upgrading their car and instead of trading in the van, they gave us the van and we were really grateful for it. 
Uh, but we had it for a few years and it started to have some major problems. And, you know, you'd be driving down the highway and the door would fly open if otherwise the other times it wouldn't open ever. And you'd have to like crawl in the driver, you know, through the driver's seat and on and on. Anyway, uh, there was one particularly bad moment with this duct taped van where Angela was just like, put your head down. That was her advice to me was just like, put your head down. Don't see other people's escalades, you know, Mm -hmm. don't see other people's luxuries and just put your head down. Focus on your sphere, your family, your situation, and just put your put your blinders on, as it were, you know, like the the carriage horses who are, you know, pulling Mm -hmm. the carriage. They they wear the blinders so that they're just not distracted by everything going on around them. And I think that is so um, helpful in something like this, because here's what we like to do. We like to go over to Instagram, right? We Mm -hmm. like to go over to Pinterest and we see a snapshot, a two second, you know, little or, you know, not even a microsecond of a moment in somebody's Mm -hmm. life, in somebody's day. And uh, it, it can like grievously, you know, impact us in thinking, okay, well, that's how that person is a homemaker. Um, right. No, because we know enough about human nature to know that people are messy and rude and there's squabbles and fights and dirt and boogers and poop smears in the toilet and <laughs> rotten lawn. Like this is just life. Yeah. That's life. And so uh, mm-hmm. my, my encouragement in, in women who are, are trying to change their mindset about this is like put your blinders on just don't look around don't look at what your friends are doing don't look at what Angela and I are doing just Mm -hmm. just don't look pay attention to your space and I think that will really help in in seeing the broadness of it and the impact of it yep I totally agree um we're not all called to do homemaking in the same way, you know, and, um, it's okay to, to mimic when you first start to, and, and it's always to find inspiration is always a good thing. I thrive on being inspired. Um, but it does take certain blinders to, to just stay focused on the task at hand. Are you putting deodorant on? What are you No, doing? I'm popping my thumb knuckle. I have like an arthritic thumb <gasps> from all the gardening. All I saw was like your arm go up <laughs> and your hand. <laughs> oh my goodness (laughs) we gotta get these on youtube somehow we do oh my goodness um well speaking of here's another thing that i wish i would have known um i wish i would have been prepared for the physical toll of homemaking like i've been at this now for 10 12 years and um You know, I was making cheese the other day and I was standing in my kitchen and I realized like I had been standing in this little five by five square around my kitchen sink for like seven hours straight without sitting down. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) my body hurts. (laughs) My body hurts. But then, you know, I was looking at um, Tasha Tudor's books. If you guys don't know Tasha Tudor, go check her out. I, I just love this woman. But she was a homemaker. She was a gardener. She milked her goats and she got really old and her body mm-hmm. is it reflects her hands. I looked at this photograph of her hands 
holding a little small basket that she had woven from ash that she had harvested from her forest. She's like 94 at this point. Like, come on. She puts us all to shame. But her hands looked like she had been working her entire life. They were, you know, the joints were swollen and they were calloused and but man, skilled hands. Um, um, okay. So wishing you had been, yeah, wishing you had known that yeah. the physical toll. What about, I mean, we have to, I think we need to put some very intentional thought into the next generation of homemakers. Okay. Because if it's tough now and if it's poo pooed upon now and not celebrated now, how rough is it going to be for our daughters and our granddaughters? Um, you know, I almost think the opposite. Okay. I think that, I think that it's having a resurgence. And I think that is going to be, especially with everything with schools right now, how many families are yeah. homeschooling that never thought. Never. Or people okay. are homemaking who who never thought. They're having to facilitate this thought now. I think, I think we're kind of in this, going to be in this next great awakening where it's like, oh yeah, we do need to know how to cook. We do need to know how to care for people. We do need to know how to educate our children, you know, um, and do you think I mean, I like I like that. That thought process, do you think that is um, because of the like, uh, for lack of a better expression, Internet crowd that we run in, that we're running with like minded people that that want to know those things? Or do you think you see that is it a safe assumption that that's that's happening across the country to mm-hmm. a lot of families, that mindset? I think I mean, it's we saw both. it. I guess we mm-hmm. did see it from something as simple as. I just got my hair done the other day and my hairdresser was like, I learned how to make sourdough. I mean, just mm-hmm. like the whole sourdough search mm-hmm. for very, very microcosm, you know, example. OK, no, I well, think, I think I think why this is why I think there's a resurgence, because I think these things are written on our hearts. I think mm-hmm. um, uh, we can we can push them aside and we can, you know, and I, I speak from my own personal experience here and, and what I've done. Like, I remember distinctly being like, I'm not going to be a woman who stands in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant, like get out of here with that nonsense. You know, I had very much had a a career Mm. mindset um, through high school and through college. Like Mm. I don't need no man, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of a thing. Um, Yeah. But ultimately these things, they were written on my heart. Women by nature of just our body's design (laughs) are caretakers. Right. We kind of have to be like when you get pregnant, you're caring for that baby for nine months, whether you like it or not. And no, it's a part of it's you know, a part the, mm-hmm. even just down to the biology. Our, right. Our bodies are made to to sustain life. Why? Why wouldn't we be able to sustain life or why right. we be able to? Um, OK, so that aside, OK, what 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 I was saying, like, OK, let's let's say if we don't need to maybe generally be concerned for daughters yeah. and granddaughters. But let's make it something we talk about. Like, yeah, we talk about sexuality with our daughters. We talk about birds and the bees. Let's not assume. I think in my my mom did a great job, but I think there was an assumption. OK, there wasn't really a conversation. This is what it will be like to do laundry for a family. Mm. This is what it might feel like. This is when you might get discouraged. This is what it's like. Gotcha. To, not just how to plan a menu and how to prepare a meal. But some emotional preparedness. Yes. Like we emotionally prepare our daughters for their wedding night or something Mm -hmm. like let's let's have an emotional as mothers 
or this new generation of homemakers, let's have an emotional preparedness for mm-hmm. for the future homemakers and and let them know mm-hmm. the the physical toll, the emotional toll um, mm-hmm. or that there will be days when you feel redundant and. You know, you've got Christina Aguilera singing in your head that you feel underappreciated. You know, like, let's let's talk about these mm-hmm. things and, and get them ready for that. Not not so that it's, um, you know, as a young bride, a, a bad week of PMS and they're having a meltdown and they feel like the only person on the planet because mm-hmm. their mom never maybe told them how difficult some days might be. Mm-hmm. Like, let's. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I say, I agree. Let's talk about it. I feel like, you know, Georgia's my oldest and she gets some hard lessons in that sometimes. So, you know, for example, I made a, how do you say this? A tart tartan? How do you say that? Tartan. Yeah. So I made one of those last night for the first time and it was delicious. We had my parents over for dinner, which was really fun, but I cut it into eight pieces and I was having her and she came up and she grabbed the first one. Human nature. I want Mm -hmm. it first and I want the Mm -hmm. biggest one. And I had her serve everybody else. And she was like, but I really want to eat it. And I'm like, listen, someday you're going to be me. And me always eats last. We were serving the family. And, you know, of course, I have an amazing husband who helps that sometimes. And I and I have amazing children Mm -hmm. who who also are like, go sit down, mom, we'll take care of you. So I don't I don't mean to sound like a martyr here, but that's the posture I take is like, I'm going to take care Mm -hmm. of my people before I serve myself. Right. It's not like mom goes to sit down with her slice. Okay. You guys go get yours. Um, and so I think that's part of the emotional conversation that we could have with the next generation of like, Hey, Mm -hmm. get used to it. (laughs) It's like, and that's okay. If we're going to have that emotional conversation, then, Oh, shucks. Here it comes again. This has come up so many times on the show. We have to set an example. We have to set an example that we don't go (laughs) crazy when the bedrooms are a mess you know like we have to show them grace under pressure i wish i was better at that i really do um it's hard uh you know we talk Mm -hmm. about the physical toll of homemaking just the carrying the laundry baskets and you know i had three gallons of milk that i was bringing up from the fridge the other day and i was just like wow this is insane or you know there's a physical toll to it but there's also an emotional toll Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of, yeah, speaking to what you're saying is like, we have to prepare people for the bad days. Homemakers listening, you're going to have bad days. That doesn't mean you're doing a bad job. Um, and I'm speaking to us as much as I'm speaking to you in this. Um, there are things you can do to help. Um, so for example, in terms of the emotional toll, we have, um, truly, an amazing church community here that we're a part of. And there's a lot of homemakers in our community. There's a lot of homeschooling families. I mean, lots of families who do it differently as well, but there's a lot of support emotionally for me as a homemaker. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of emotional support for my kids in our community. So my kids aren't the weird ones, you know, they're not like, Oh, you live on a farm, you know, you drink raw milk from a cow. Oh, you're homeschooled. Oh, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's an right. emotional support community. And I think if you isolate yourself too much as a family and you think, OK, we got this. That's not I'm not when I talk about putting on your blinders, I'm not talking about isolating yourself from community. Right. You need. No, I think community. it's just like women are such comparers. <laughs> yes. You know, women are 
brutal on themselves with comparing. And I think mm-hmm. that's I'm assuming that's what you're talking yep. about with blind blinders. Yep. Don't do that. Because like you said, any anything you see on Instagram or Pinterest or whatever. That's just a microcosm. Mm-hmm. Their kid probably just barfed all over the place 10 minutes ago, yep. you know, or well, 10 minutes later, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this a couple episodes ago, but I've thought about getting off Instagram for this very reason. Like, I don't want to be a pitfall to somebody's bad day. Like, oh, mm-hmm. well, look at Shay's clean kitchen, even though 98 percent of the time it's not clean. The moment I snap the picture, it is. But. But I've I've held back from that for a few reasons. And one of them is that when I go when I want inspiration as a homemaker, I don't go to somebody's house. That's a disaster. That's not encouraging to me. I go sit down with my homemaking books and I flip through and I'm like, oh, look at that sexy laundry all folded. Like, that's what I want. I'm going to go do my laundry. That's how we're created. We're (laughs) created to be attracted to beauty. When you want fashion inspiration, you don't go to a garage sale. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You go to Vogue. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Mm -hmm. we're created to be attracted to beauty. I just think we need to guard our hearts against comparing. And again, this just keeps coming up on the show. Always checking our motives. Mm -hmm. You know, why am I why am I loving Shay's kitchen? Am I coveting Shay's kitchen? Mm -hmm. Am I inspired by her copper? Do I want to learn more about copper? Mm -hmm. Have you know, like what is our what's our heart coming at this yeah. need for inspiration with? That's why I think know? books are really helpful for inspiration mm-hmm. in, in terms of like the emotional toll of homemaking. Get some good homemaking books and get your Bible. <laughs> that's what that would be my encouragement, because that's where if you go to Instagram or something, it's everything's in such real time um, mm-hmm. that it can be a, the temptation to fall into that trap of like, oh, well, isn't your life just perfect is really high or comparison is really high. Because you're comparing day to day. Like today's Tuesday for me. It's also Tuesday for Angela. And here's what Angela's doing on Tuesday. And here's my Tuesday. Like. Right. Whereas. Right. A- and it's also most of us use social media like as a. We use it uh, often when we're procrastinating on something we should be doing. <laughs> it's true. OK. It's a, the great side tracker. So you're generally going to it in an inappropriate way. You're. You're going because your kids are driving your nuts, you nuts and your phone's on the counter and you're like, I'm going to check mm-hmm. out for three minutes. Zip, zip, zip. I'm going to zip through all this. And you see, you know, somebody's kitchen mm-hmm. or somebody's laundry that's all. And and you, like you said, like, well, that's her Tuesday. Her Tuesday is going good. Yeah. My Tuesday isn't. So maybe if we could look back and do it all over again, we would say that we go to social media for inspiration outside of our books with intention. Mm hmm. And at a set aside time and in a in a good place mm-hmm. um, with discipline, mm-hmm. not um, in a reactionary mama needs to check out mm-hmm. for five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, because then you're setting yourself up for that. I will say to you know, what, the, the negative aspect of social media, what it does, and it creates discontent, big the time. negative result of all that exposure to other people's moment of perfection creates discontent and discontent is really a huge uh, enemy mm-hmm. of the homemaker mm-hmm. because because you're just right there in your four walls and you got to be content. Yeah. <laughs> you know, both of us started homemaking before social media. And yes. I got to say, you guys, it was way better. It was I did all the things back. Th- I mean, and there was like no one to see things, them. didn't you? No one to see them. No you did them for them. your family. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah, you did. And your victories were like, I remember I found a list not that long ago, maybe five years ago 
and it had like my three goals on it. And it was like, learn to roast a chicken, start drinking raw milk and learn about essential oils. And that was like as big as I could think Mm -hmm. into my homemaking sphere at that point. Like, and that felt monumental. And when I learned to roast a chicken, that was enough because then I didn't go on Instagram and see that, you know, Shay's, well, okay, well, Shay's running a cooking community. So isn't that just freaking great? Like now my roast chicken doesn't seem so great anymore. Right. Because she knows how to cook all the things. And so your victories, you're not even able to celebrate them for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I just did this. So that would be my other encouragement. I wish I would have known, frankly, where social media was going before I became, before it came what it is. Mm. I really wish I would have known that uh, in terms of homemaking because, um, you know, we talk about this a lot, but like, okay, who are we apart from social media? And, and my question to our listeners would be, who are you as a homemaker when there's no one to mm-hmm. see your efforts, when it's quote, just your family <laughs> or just your community or just your neighbors or just your parents? Um, who are you then? And what is what you do just as valuable then? Mm-hmm. Um, man, I wish I would have done That's great. some of that. No, sometimes people reach out, they'll reach out and they're like, where have you been? I haven't seen you post on Instagram for a few days or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. like I haven't seen you on YouTube in 10 days. That's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm just creating. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just creating. And I, it's almost, you know, being like a, I ain't a weird influencer, Mm -hmm. but like being a social media influencer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say it. Uh, that is a discipline. Like, I'm just going to do this and nobody gets to see it mm-hmm. just for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot that you have to just create those spaces for your family and just say, you know what? It's yeah, it's a tricky it's a tricky situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I do think there's something to do. Like I, I that would be a looking back uh, yeah. advice to myself, though, is make sure I'm going to social media in an appropriate way. Mm-hmm. Because I do love inspiration mm-hmm. and I love being visually inspired. But I tease you all the time. Mm-hmm. If you're having like a baller day, I'm two hours later than you are. Sometimes it just drives me crazy. I'm like, <laughs> my day's almost over and she's just killing it. I want two extra hours, you know. <laughs> you know, I it's want those two extra hours. It's funny because even in our friendship, we, we still have to guard against that. So if I am mm-hmm. having a baller day, I have to guard. I have to read your social cues, you know, your situation. Mm -hmm. If you're having a bad day, that's not the day for me to send you. Oh, and then I did this and then I did this and here's a picture of this and this and like, that's, that's socially inappropriate. That that's (laughs) not, that's not being a good friend to you. Yeah. Um, well we forget, I mean, I forget in my own excitement about whatever's going on here, you know, you're, yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. And the tricky part about social media, of course, is that you don't know how everybody's day is going. So right. I guess the general right. rule is like, I did, um, don't be on social media if you're having a bad day. <laughs> we did get, uh, we did, I don't know if you saw this. We got a, a letter from a listener uh, when we, because we t- uh, talked a little bit about social media a few weeks ago, just and the homemaker and contentment and everything. And she was very kind. She's like, I've come to realize like, that's on me. It's, you can post all the pretty pictures you want because mm. that's what you do. And if I can't handle it, 
that's on me. I need to make sure I'm coming to social media in a good place. Or she was really gracious. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was fun to read a letter. It's fun to watch people challenge themselves. Yeah. So she was challenging herself and just sort of letting us know. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not the posture most people take. They look at what other people have and they're like, oh, well, must be nice. I would say on that's fairly common, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. but OK, that brings me to my next point, which we I think we we're going to have to close out with. But I wish okay. that I would have known that we're not all called to be homemakers in the same way, because like you said before, right. by our nature, we mimic. I'm a mimicker. I see mm-hmm. something I like. I take the pieces, you know, Stu always says, take the meat, spit out the bones. I take what Mm -hmm. I take the meat that I want. I spit out the bones and I mimic that in my home, you know, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think we're we continue to stand on the shoulders of giants and that's how we evolve and that's how we grow as humans and as homemakers. But my version of homemaking is going to look and as similar as you and I are it still looks different than yours. So our priorities could be different. Our home styles could be different. Our schedules could be different. You know, the aroma of our home could be different. And um, there's no homogenization of this. It's a completely unique little universe within your walls. And um, yeah, yeah. I have two friends I can think of whose homemaking is so different from my own. So very different. They are phenomenal homemakers. It, just phenomenal. And I look and I'm like, that's amazing. Like just to see somebody else just do it. How, how so? Different. Their home style is very different. Like decor, um, you mean? One has d- decor. Okay. Yep. One has outside help. One doesn't have outside help. Um, one's children are small and she's extremely hands on and PTA involved, um, doing things, taking the kids places, doing things with them, making memories, um, very, um, lots of energy. Uh, the other, um, has a summer home and goes to her summer home and does a ton of entertaining there and brings in others, families and nurtures them that way. Like let's, that's like a, a ministry for her, if you will. Like she's always inviting people in and letting them experience this place for a week at a time. Uh, it's just interesting. They're not, they're not homesteaders. They don't grow their own food. Uh, one gets her groceries at Whole Foods. One gets them at Walmart. You know, they're all, they just do things very, very different, but the home is always tidy and it's warm and inviting and you feel cared. All the end result is the same. Mm. Yeah. You know, the end result is like the goals that we talk about all the time on this show. Um, Mm -hmm. So I like I do like to see Mm -hmm. that it it challenges me and it just, you know, makes you think and work things out. And yeah, like, you know, we mimic. So you take a little bit of this and you take a little bit of that. But everybody's priorities are going to be different. Um, Mm -hmm. Home schedule. Yep. Routine, home style. um, Yep. Uh, my friend Natalie, she uh, she talks about her mom sometimes and how her mom really doesn't like to cook. But her mom mm-hmm. has been a homemaker for a very, very, very long time. And but she's learned how she can do it. Doesn't mean she particularly enjoys it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, she knew that it was an important piece of the puzzle for her. 
in just terms of she had a family. She had to feed a family. You know, her husband worked away from the home, so he would come home and he would be hungry. You know, I mean, there's just this practical aspect to knowing how to cook. And so, um, you know, she makes a lot of like big casserole dishes of stuff, you know, stuff that she doesn't mind putting together. It can feed people for a really long time. And Natalie loves to cook like I rarely see her out of her kitchen. She loves entertaining. She loves having people any excuse like they're always making three times the amount of food that they need. So whoever can come and stop by can come and stop by. And I think this speaks so truly to that, you know, here, mother, Mm -hmm. daughter, even completely different. Um, And yet. But both both that amateur. Yeah. One's an amateur one way in the kitchen and one is the amateur another way in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's to the same ends, which is. We want people to come within our walls and be nourished. That doesn't mean we're going to like all the tasks in the same way. For example, I love scrubbing my kitchen floor. I have this old reclaimed terracotta floor. It's like the hardest floor in the world to clean because it's just porous Porous terracotta. It's uneven, you know, because this is before machines made the they're all handmade. And I mean, it's ridiculous. I love getting on my hands and knees with a soapy bucket and just scrubbing this floor. I've tried to enlist the help of Stuart a few times doing this. And he's just like, this is for the birds. Like, get out of here with this. (laughs) You know? Yeah. But um, but allowing space for things to be different for different people, even something like the enjoyment of tasks. There are other tasks that he helps me with that he really enjoys. He's really great at putting away laundry, by the way. Really great at it. He should probably do it all the time. (laughs) I love washing laundry. I don't love putting away laundry. I I actually like, I like the getting out stains, Mm -hmm. putting it in the machine, but I don't like putting it away. Probably because that was my chore when I was a kid. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Since I was like six years old. Putting away the laundry. Putting away the laundry. Well, I think that this has been a great episode and I, I love that we're just, uh, even reaffirming the the tag of this show, rescuing the art of homemaking, because yep. it is an art. And these are the ways that you rescue it from the daily grind, yeah. you know? And just like celebrating, art, it's interpretive, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's cue the let's music. Let's cue the music. All right, all right. It's cued. Music has been cued. Friends, yes. remember that sharing is caring. So if something has resonated with you today or you just plain you love the podcast, be sure to share it with a girlfriend or share it on your favorite social media or write a love letter to your mother. Tell her you found a new podcast. Sharing is caring. And if you're in a good place and you promise not to do any comparing, promise you're in a good place, visit us over on Instagram at Homemaker Chic Podcast. We'd love to see you over there. What I'll show, what I'll show, what I'll share. <laughs> yes, this is going to be my final encouragement to you listeners. There is no end. There is no arriving. Homeschooling is slopping, mm. sloppy. Homemaking is super sloppy. Laundry is sloppy. People are sloppy. There's no completion at the end of this race. So just fight the good fight. Keep your chin up. And make it a great day in your home. Go put on some good music. Dance as you go out to our music. The end of the podcast. That's right. Yes, we appreciate you guys being here. And we will see you Thursday. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.